thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. Please enjoy this message by our lead pastor, Greg Seamus, as he shares his thoughts on family. Today, I'm going to continue. Um, I didn't know it would be a series, but it, it, it's, it's going to be a series. I guess it is a series. Um, and it's called Thoughts On. Everyone just say that just so I know that you're with me. Yeah, it's called Thoughts On. So, like, thoughts on dot, dot, dot. Right? And so, um, last week we did thoughts on, I don't even know, what we, what did we do last week? Thoughts on worship, right? And um, I love, I don't know, I can't remember who said it. I think my, I think Bill did. Um, we gather in the Old Testament, uh, in the new, today in the church we gather around, well, let me go back. In the Old Testament they gathered around the presence. In the church today we gather around the word. And um, there's something about the presence of the Lord and worship. But, you know what would be amazing? Just amazing. Just one Sunday at 1030, three quarters of the people are here. <laughs> Nervous laughters across. Because <laughs> I know that some of you takes, you know, takes a long time to get here. And some things just happen, Right. And, you know, and you're, you just made it. You're, you know, walking in the doors and you're like, I'm here. Just, you know, so praise God that you're here. All right. That's awesome. <clears throat> just want to make sure our theology is right. And, um, and worship is not the warm up. Uh, worship, worship is what we do. It's how we live. It's, it's uh, worship to me is the main event. The icing on the cake is the word, but the cake is, the, is worship. It's giving glory to the Lord and presenting ourselves as an offering to him. So we enter his gates with and his courts with. That's right. Good job. You guys remember. All right. So good. Um, <clears throat> so we, we talked about that. And today I want to talk to you about um, something I felt like the Lord dropped in my heart this week, probably on Thursday. Um, as I was praying for this weekend, I want to talk to you thoughts on family. Thoughts on family. And um, I feel like as we move into t- uh, 2020, um, because that's coming before we know it, right? Um, I want to talk, to, I want to spend some time next year on family. And um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about God's family, right? And I want to talk about family in terms of a, of a, a unit that God is ordained. And so, um, as I was preparing for this morning, I had a specific direction and it's, it's going to start off, um, it's going to be fairly theological, but it's very practical. Is that all right? Um, because I think it all starts and ends with God. Come on, we've got to have another amen in the house, right? It all, it does all start and end with God, right? Does that, we're all in agreement there. Okay, you can have permission to be loud or say amen really loud or whatever you want to do. Like, you can, you have total permission to do that. So, um, Wendy and I have been married now. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to mess up. I think we've been married. I'll just say that. I think we've been married um, fairly close to being accurate in terms of being married. I'm doing the numbers in my head as I'm talking to you. Uh, 34 years. Yeah, so come on. 
34 years, and I know that there are those who've been married longer. And if you've been married longer, put your hand up. Wow. Good job, you guys. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That is so, that's so amazing. So we're, you know, we're on the bottom half of the church in terms of like, after I saw all those hands going up, uh, 35, 34 years seems like a small number. Um, how many have been married less than 10 years or less? Put your hand up. 10 years or less. All right. How many of you guys are, are still praying for your husband or your wife? Just put your hand up. Okay. Look around the room. You guys get together after church. So, uh, um, we've been married, uh, 34 years. Um, I met Wendy when I was in Bible, bridal college, Bible college. Um, and, uh, that's where I got my degree and she got her MRS degree, uh, as we used to say in, when I was going to Bethany and, uh, which is a, you understand MR. Some people don't, they like, there, that's a really a degree. That's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. So she got her missus degree. Um, in there, someone got it. See, so, um, so, uh, and I was, I was, I'm older than her. And I'm not going to tell you how much older, but I am a little older than her. And, um, um, and I wasn't raised in the, in the church, as you know, um, Wendy was, Wendy's, I don't know how it is, four generations on one side, five generations on the other. And the Lord must have known that, you know, mom and dad were praying for me, even though they didn't know me, uh, her parents were. And so um, I found her, God freed me, delivered me, gave me grace to connect with her. And I was actually at a basketball game and uh, a friend of mine knew Wendy and I'm like, I want to, I like, I want to meet this girl, right? Now, I saw her picture. Here she comes. You guys can give her a little ovation, you know. So here's you. She has no idea what I'm talking about. No, I said Wendy, not Cindy. I know, I, 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 you know, so. Cindy, you're an amazing drummer. I just want to say that. Thank you so much for the... You've been so faithful to this house, and uh, I just want you guys to look at Cindy and just really embarrass her and honor her. That would just go ahead. And... Anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm diving a little bit here just to give you a little bit of history. Um, <clears throat> I, I um, became friends with Wendy's brother. His name is Bob. And I you guys, I don't know if you've met Bob, but Bob 6'6", mountain man, Viking and, um, and so he was the older brother who protected his little sister. And so um, I connected with Bob playing basketball because that was my sport. And, um, and so they had a family picture. He had a family picture in his dorm room of the Johnson family. And so um, I went into his dorm room just kind of hanging out as we do. And I looked at the picture and I said, who's, who's that right there? And uh, that's my little sister. Don't even think about it. <laughs> so, which is great. You know, I love that. And, um, and so I go, oh, but I am thinking about it, you know, and I'm praying about it. You know, you know what I'm talking about, guys? You know what I'm talking about, guys? I mean, we got to work on the family thing, man. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Wow, that's good. I like that. And so... 
uh, a friend of mine, uh, <clears throat> he's in ministry, in a full-time ministry, he does uh, work for, oh, Convoy Hope, which is a food ministry of the Assemblies of God. Um, he says, I know her. And I said, you do? <laughs> and so uh, I met her at a basketball game, and, um, and I knew that was God's will at that point. You know, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you wouldn't tell her that. I mean, I wouldn't tell her that. Some of you guys do. Like, I always say that would be the first coaching thing I tell you is, anyway, um, don't do that. So, um, and then I met her formally, really got out of Mario Murillo Crusade. How many of you guys have heard that story that I shared? If you, guys, you haven't heard it today, so let me share it. Let me just give you a privilege. Just a little, take a little time here. Um, and so, uh, Mario Murillo, how do you guys know Mario Murillo? God is moving all over you. You know, like Mario. Um, so he was doing a crusade at the Civic Auditorium in Santa Cruz, California. And uh, I was on one side and she was on the other. And uh, she was watching, because you know Wendy's a worshiper, right? She, you know, you could tell, right? She's like, well, you know. So, um, so I didn't know, but I was just worshiping the Lord. But she was checking out how I worship. All the way across the, all the way across. I mean, you know, so she's just looking at, she's looking around the, oh, there's Greg. Let me see. Oh, he really loves God. Look at his hands are being lifted up and everything. So, and I was lifting up my hands, not because she was in the room. Just want to let you clarify that. Uh, it was all about my love for the Lord, right? And so uh, afterwards, I did the corniest line ever, ever. I mean, I've had corny lines that this is. I guess it worked, man. See how the Lord, I had a word of knowledge. I released it, you know, <laughs> walking in the spirit. And uh, it, was after, it was after the crusade, and everybody was kind of milling out in the front, you know. And I walked by her, and I said, oh, my. Anyway, so I, I walked by her, and I said, hey, beautiful. And I kept walking. <laughs> so I did. So I, I said, hey, beautiful, and I just kept walking like this. I just kept walking. I didn't know. I think I was really embarrassed, and I didn't know, and I didn't know maybe how she'd react, and she would say something opposite of what I just said or whatever. So I just kept walking. But the Lord put something in her heart, you know, and so that's why the word of knowledge and the releasing all that, those gifts are so powerful in the, in the moment. It's good to be prophetic. Um, uh, even when you don't think you are, or you don't even know what the prophetic is, because I didn't. So at that point, so uh, I kept walking, and then one thing led to another, you know. And, um, and 34 years later, oh, well, we dated for a while, and um, a year and a half, and then we got, we got married. So, um, so we got married in 19-something. I'm not going to tell you, because then you'll know how old we kind of are, and we don't want to disclose that. Um, but we've been married 34 years. Um, and uh, let me just say, what's that? They could do, I know they could do the math. I know, I know. They're smart people. We have a really smart congregation. Um, like, you guys are really brilliant. I'm so impressed. Anytime I hang out with one of you guys, I am so impressed. I go back and I talk to Wendy. I say, we have an amazing church family. Like, they are so gifted um, and so amazing. So, anyway, um, I'm rambling. So, 34 years later, um, before you made that comment about whatever, um, we, have, we have three amazing kids. Um, they all three love the Lord, and uh, they're all serving in ministry. 
And um, so we are grateful to God for that. Yep. Amen. We are grateful to the Lord in that. And, and when we raised our kids, it didn't matter what they did as long as they were serving God and they were being led by the Holy Spirit. So if that meant be involved in tech world, engineer, whatever it was, doesn't matter. Um, we, were, we would be super pumped and excited for them. But we praise God that they're serving along with us, that they actually want to be around us, um, which is super cool for us because we can see them all the time and then we can brag on them. And so, um, and then our, you'll see our littlest one, who's not that little, she's like 5'9", um, in about a week or so. So she's coming back home from Bethel and, and then she's getting married. So, um, yeah, marriage is what I said. So, and uh, so that'll, that's, that's Wendy's journey now for the next six or seven months is putting that together and then me being that support. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, calm down. Like, you don't need to stress out about that. God's got that covered. But you don't understand. God's got it covered, honey. This rest, you know. So, um, and like any marriage, it takes work. Right? So, to be happily married takes work. And I would, I would safely say that we are happily married. or just not married. Because you could be married and not be happily married. Out. And so, um, we are happily married. And, um, and more than happily married. Like, really excited to be married. And after 34 years, it should increase. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was expecting a, a huge amen at that point, especially from the married people. Like, like that, 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 that should have been like, that should have been it right there. Like it just gets better and better. 37 and counting. Yeah. Better and better. So, um, so I think that's, I think that's a, that's a good thing. That's a good, at least platform for us. And, and, um, and just because we're in ministry doesn't mean that, uh, we poof have an instantly good marriage. Just because uh, I'm a pastor doesn't mean I have a good marriage. I know many pastors, uh, I shouldn't say many, I know some pastors who don't. But they'll come up behind the pulpit and preach the word of God, but their family is falling apart. So to me, one of the, one of the, the, the I don't know, criteria, that's not even a good word, the fruit, that's, that's a better word, of, a, of the is solid marriage and in terms of a ministry life is that um, that husband and wife are walking in unity in their marriage. These are just thoughts on, that's thoughts on marriage. We're talking about thoughts on family, right? Okay, let's, let's dive into that. All right, so um, I, have four, I have four things that I want to I hit and then, um, and then we'll figure out how to land the plane. Is that all right? All right. So the first thought on family that I want to relate to you is that family is God's idea. Family is God's plan. Family originates in the Godhead. God defines family, not humanity. 
You guys all right? God is pro-family. So remember the illustration I did months ago about the chairs, right? The unforgettable illustrations, right, that you guys still talk about. So I say that with a bit of sarcasm. So we have, we have, fam- we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they're not, they're, not, uh, they're not like looked at like they're in an org chart. They're actually, the scripture says that they actually are face-to-face. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons in one, are actually face-to-face communicating agape love to one another, which is absolutely mind-bending. I don't want to even think about it too long because I'll blow up, all right? Like, how, the, how does that work? And so, so we have, you have three persons in one, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're united in this family dynamic. So, so the Godhead originates out of the foundation of a family. It's who God is. It's how he, they relate one to another. And so when I'm born again, I'm actually brought into the family of God. Now, that, that, that means that, that Wendy is my wife and my sister in the Lord, Right? That means that I have brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're united in family. So that's why we're called sons and daughters. Because we have been reunited by being born again to our heavenly father. And now we are in the household of God, the scripture says. We are actually brought into a spiritual family. Are you guys alive? So Ephesians chapter 2, you guys could just mark this down or highlight it or chapter, I mean, chapter 2, verse 19. Let me read it to you out of the New Living Translation. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Let's just, say that, let's just say this together. I'm a member of God's family. So, so from the very foundation of who God is, and God is many, many things, we do understand that God is the one who originated family. He is in, he is in a family union, and now he has adopted us into his family. That means that if God is the source of family, God defines family. If we, now I'm getting to my next point, which I don't want to do. Anyway, (laughs) guys, I'd be proud. You'd be proud of me right now because I, so God created male and female. Man and woe, man. Right? Uh, you know, it's a woman, but you know, that's what Adam said. So, so you have male and you have female, and male and female is the representation, the best representation of who God is. That's why when a, fab, a family fragments, we lose a little bit of the identity of who God is. 
That's why our hats have to go off to the single moms and single dads who are raising their kids, trying to give them both sides of who God is, or male and female, I'm not saying both sides, but male and female, representing the Godhead to their children. So God creates male and female so that we have an, a picture, an identity of who God is in both male and female because they are different. They are different. <laughs> so family is God's idea, not man's. And that when we are born again, we are actually brought into fellowship with our father in a family. So this house, this room is a spiritual family. First of all, at one level, you're a spiritual family because we're a spiritual family because we are actually in the center of who God is. We're in the center of that circle. We're in communion. We have fellowship. And we're a family because we're both sons, we're all sons and daughters of the living God, and we get to share the life of God with each other. In other words, the church on a Sunday morning doesn't gather as consumers, we gather as family. The whole kingdom is a family, we're in the family business. It's called the kingdom of God. Number two, family is made to function from the Godhead. Since God created us in his image as family, it's vital that we return to him to be family. Did you catch it? Since God created us in his image as family, it's vital when we return to him, that means when we're born again, we come to him to be family. This is his design. His design for you and me, let me just say this. The father has hardwired into every single person in this room the longing to be family. I've never met anybody who didn't want to be part of a family. The only time I've ever met somebody who didn't want to be part of a family is a person who's been hurt by family. But their longing, if they can get past to hurt, is to be with family. How's that so? Because God has hardwired that into the, into the human race. We want to belong to some, a community we want to give love and receive love. And you can take the hardest person who said, no way, that's not me, and I'll show you a person who's been hurt and is embittered. So God is our source of family. It's functions from the Godhead, and when we get born again, we actually become, we step into the family of God and we begin to live this family dynamic with the people around us. So that takes some, something called sanctification. Like the Holy Spirit is setting us apart and teaching us how to be family because we are not perfect. 
Turn to, no, don't turn to the person next to you and say that. That wouldn't be good. Sin distorts family. When sin reigns, when we live without God as our source and our center, then we feel like we can create whatever we want and define family however we want. The definition of family that is that is being transmitted to us, especially in the West and around the world, is coming from broken people who are actually not in connection with God, and now we're trying to define family on our terms, not his. The problem is, is that when we define it on our terms, we are, we are out of our source, this vital connection of God who is the source of family, And now we're trying to do family because it's the longing of the human heart because God's hardwired that into us. We're trying to do family apart from the architect of family. So now we have continual splinters of family. So it doesn't matter what culture you're in. It doesn't matter. You continually see these splinters of family because we stepped away from our source. And that's the father. You guys all right? So family begins with a heavenly father and it includes me and it includes you. Family is made real when I gain revelation and understanding of my identity as a son and daughter. You see, what we've been, we have the last two years We've got a big shovel and we've dug this foundation. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe, but we talked, we actually did it kind of backwards, but that's how, you know, anyway, we're always being led by the spirit. So there's a reason for it. So we dug that Ecclesia foundation, the government of God. And now we went deeper and we dug in into our identity as sons and daughters. And those are the foundation pieces, among a few others, obviously, Christ being the cornerstone. That's the foundation for how we do life and ministry. So, unless, nice. So, unless you understand that you're a son and daughter, you're not going to be, you're not going to, unless you have the understanding that your identity is as a son and daughter, as the foundation of who you are, then you're not going to truly understand family if you miss this one. Does that make sense? So if I don't have this identity, this identity of being a sons, and, sons and daughters, then I live spiritually orphaned. We went over that together, Right? Can we say amen to that, right? Like, I'm not connected to my heavenly father, so now I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Because our sense, our need for identity has to be satisfied. People, whether they're atheists or not, doesn't matter, they're trying to search for meaning in their life. Like, why am I here? What is the purpose? 
And so if you were asking somebody, who are you? Most people, men will identify with their work. I'm an architect. I'm an engineer. Most women will identify with their family. I'm a mother. You know, I'm a wife. I'm a, you know, and I'm not saying that's exclusive, but usually the first answer, that's, that's what it is. Instead of saying, who are you? I'm a son and daughter of a heavenly father who loves me. That's your identity. Your assignment, your assignment, my voice changed. Your assignment is the work that God's given you. And that's done, um, that's done as an expression of worship to the Lord. But an engineer is not who you are, it's what you do. Who you are is a son and daughter of a heavenly father and you're part of a spiritual family. You belong. You are connected. It doesn't matter about your race, your economic status, doesn't matter. If you accept Christ into your heart, you are now part of the family of God. Now that's just not a cute saying either. Everybody in the world who doesn't know Jesus is looking for this spiritual family. Not this, but the kingdom. So much so, Jesus says, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Because once they understand what the kingdom is, there's a rush into it. Well, that should be another thing we should talk about. The kingdom of God. Then family is a visual expression of God's plan for the human race. Godly husbands and godly wives, godly dads and godly moms give the fullest expression of who God is to their children. And their children grow up in the environment of the representation or the image of Christ through mom and dad. That's God's design. What are we talking about? Unconditional love. Security, identity, yes, discipline. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Any wonder that Jesus was born into a family? He was born into a family with a mother and a father. It's a message for us here this morning. Mom and dad living for God, raising. Mary and Joseph living for God, raising the son of God. In the context of family. Someone said this years ago. I don't know who said it. This came to mind when I was writing this. As the family goes, the nation goes. We don't have time. Maybe next year we'll have time to deal with a little bit more of the intricate. Like, 
What if you come out of a broken family? I mean, these are, these are real issues. Like, what happens if you're loving Jesus and your kids aren't? Like, these are things that we got to talk about, scripturally dive into. Because I don't want anyone to feel guilty or, you know, I don't want, there's nothing wrong with conviction. I think that's good. There is something wrong when people feel condemned. That's bad. And you'll never get that from, from here. Because I'll always try and encourage you. I think the pulpit's not a place to bash. It's a place to bring hope, revelation, and encouragement. Anyway. Number three. So, now you know how I think, right? Family, this I think linear. Family is God's plan. Say amen. Family is made to function from the Godhead. Say amen. We represent Jesus, right? Number three. I love my family best when I live out of my relationship with the Lord. Can I tell you how crucial this is? Marriage and family is vitally connected to my history with God. My marriage and my family is vitally connected to my history with God. My marriage and my family is vitally connected to my history with God. If I don't have a history with God, it's going to affect my marriage. If I don't have a history with God, it's going to affect my children. What I'm not talking about is taking the rules of God and throwing it in my family's face. I'm talking about loving my family like Christ loved the church. Well, how did he love the church? He gave his life for the church. The love is not demanding, it's sacrificial. Are you guys all right? When the love of the Father is poured into our hearts as both husband and wife, then I can freely love from the overflow of Christ's supernatural life flowing through me. Here's the problem. The problem in marriages is that when one partner becomes selfish, When one partner becomes selfish, selfish means this. That does, it doesn't mean like, you know, for a moment you got selfish, now your marriage is ruined. <laughs> Not saying that. I'm saying is that when it, when it starts to become just about me, there's a wedge that's created in the marriage. When the wife says it's just about me, then there's a, there's a wedge that's created in the marriage. And eventually, it trickles down to the, fam- to the kids. When I'm in communion with the Father, see, you got to understand, your relationship with Jesus is supernatural. 
I'm not talking about knowing the word more, which I love. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the supernatural life of the spirit that flows into my heart out of this communion with the Father. It's real and it's substance. Rules minus relationship equals rebellion. So if the relationship's not in place, but the rules are, you're going to have a, you're going to have an atmosphere that's not conducive to love. (laughs) So when Christ is moving in my heart, he gives me the tools necessary to love my family unconditionally. Do I bat a thousand? No. Do I struggle with being selfish? Yes. But I recognize through the years, 34 years, that when I turn to meet my own needs, that's, that begins to create a separation between me and Wendy, and she doesn't even know it yet. But she can feel it. My relationship, your relationship with the Lord is the most vital aspect of your marriage. Well, isn't she supposed to like please me and serve me? Dude, that is so old school. That is so religious. It's like vomit it is it's not even scriptural well she's supposed to submit to me why don't you look at the verse above it it says submit one to another I have no problem submitting to love No problem whatsoever. I submit to Jesus because I know he loves me unconditionally. I have no problem with submission when I feel fully loved. And I feel fully believed in. Do you want to serve a savior that's demanding and cruel? Or do you serve a savior, thank God, that no matter what you do, his arms are always reaching out and is always ready to receive you. Always. 100%. There's never a time when he's not ready. The problem is never on his end. It's on mine. And when I'm in a relationship where I am demanding without love, there's no, nothing wrong with an expectation a mutual coming together, but when it's absence of love and it's now about domination, then I've missed the kingdom entirely and my prayers will go hindered. They'll go up to the, up to, I'll just use the illustration, it'll go up to the ceiling and bounce right back down. It's usually birthed out of insecurity. Control is usually birthed out of Fear. So we're afraid, so we want to control things. The Lord has to deal with our fear. 
You guys all right? I think it was years ago, man, I, you guys could check on this stat, but I think it was years and years ago when I read this. One out of two marriages in the divorce in the church. Same as the nation. That's embarrassing. And it's sad. But one out of every 1,500 marriages will end in divorce with mom and dad who pray together consistently. Your spiritual union with your spouse is the greatest union. It's greater than the bedroom. Your intimacy with God and your spiritual intimacy with your spouse is the greatest union. We had a saying when I was at Bethany Bible College. If you don't want to get serious with her, don't pray with her. It's terrible, huh? But there was a truth there. The greatest union is in spirit. When you're walking side by side, hand in hand, in the full calling of God, there's nothing greater than that. Point four. You guys all right? When I become like Christ, listen now. When I become like Christ, and I know we have to be, and our spouse becomes like Christ, you understand the picture. When I'm fully devoted to Jesus, 100% my life. When my spouse is fully devoted to Jesus, 100% with her life, then everybody wins. No one loses. You win. Why? Because if she's filled with the unconditional love of God, she wants to serve me. When I'm filled with the unconditional love of God, I want to serve her. When I am not filled with the love of the Father, then I am much more dependent on her to meet my needs. Why? Because my needs aren't being met here. So now I make her number one and God number whatever number it is. And so now I'm, I am demanding from her to meet my needs because they're not being met this way. But if there's vital union with the Lord in this relationship and I'm filled with the presence of God, now I can serve her. Now I can serve my kids. Now I can do the things I'm supposed to do, and I'm telling you, it's supernatural. I can't emphasize that enough. It is transformation from the inside out. Things like this. I, I cannot believe how much love I have for my wife right now. Like that is growing in me. I can't believe how much compassion I have for my kids. I can't believe how I'm overcoming this hurdle in our marriage that has been like this for years. It's, it's supernatural. 
Point four. I'll make this quick. Is it point five? No. I have four. All right, you guys can write on me what you want. So, from my relationship with the Lord, I bring the word and the testimony to my family. When we live out his lifestyle consistency, consistently, we gain credibility, we gain respect, God gives us levels of favor and anointing one to another in the context of our relationship and our family. Now, I cannot control the decisions my kids make, but I can make it easy. I can't control, I could never could control, and I still can't. I could be holding an infant, but that infant, I cannot control the destiny of that infant. At some point, that infant's going to come into a place of accountability before his or her maker on whether they're going to receive Jesus or not. But my environment in the home can make it much easier for my child to find the Lord. In other words, my marriage is a testimony of who God is. It's really, it's really quiet. Kenny, is it? It's quiet. Okay. Why am I picking on you today? So this does not mean man I laugh at this this does not mean we're perfect I mean we are not amen I mean if you're in this room and you're perfect you're pretty much in the wrong place but we do acknowledge our faults with humility remember that old story that old movie Love is never having to say you're sorry. How many are old enough to remember that one? I don't know. Was that called your song or your? It's called Love Story. It's, it's really kind of stupid. <laughs> love is saying you're sorry all the time. Pride says you're not. But we see, this is why it's so important to be filled with the love of God. This is why we've been preaching this so hard over the last year. It's like you have to have this history in God as a man and have a history in God as a woman. And even though your family might be fractured, you're still bringing in your history into even a broken atmosphere. So I can't be responsible for my child's salvation, but I can make it easy for them to see and find God through my life and my history in God. Let me just give you one verse here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord God with all your heart, 
with all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, tie them on your forehead, your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So our challenge to live, I mean, we live, how do I close this? Our challenge, one of the challenges is this. Let me just ask you a question. How much do we talk to the Lord? How much do we talk to our children about the Lord? Ouch. As grandparents, how often do we talk to our grandchildren about the Lord? But you, under, you see here in this scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 6, loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, and strength, proceed teaching your, teaching your kids. Do you get it? It's out of a place of intimacy with God that we, can, we have a platform to teach. Trying to teach the word of God to our kids without relationship with the Lord doesn't work. In fact, when you have a relationship with the Lord, you don't have to teach your kids the word. You get to. You see the difference? It's out of this expression, this overflowing walk in life with the Lord that you actually walk into the house and say, I just want to tell you, son, that God is so good. What are you talking about, daddy? Well, let me just tell you what happened today at work. There's the testimony. What is it in the Old Testament they kept on reminding the people, go back to the testimony, go back to the altars, go back to the remembrances. But if you don't have a testimony, what do you give? You gotta have the word, but you gotta have this history in God. I think that's my cry right now. It's almost like I implore you, have this history in God that goes deep. And even though it's fractured, there's hope. Even though it's broken, there's a, there's a redeemer who can come. It might not be today. It might not be in a year. It might not be in three or four years, but it's going to happen. Let's believe for it. Family. 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 It has to start in the spirit because that's the source of family. I understand the economic... I understand the paychecks. I understand the bills. I understand all of that. But you know what? He does too. He's not disconnected from your finances. 
He's a good dad. So get on your calendar and write in Time with Dad, capital D. And put it on your calendar and get that time with Dad. And then commune with Dad all day long. You see this design element over your head? That's supposed to be a ceiling and a floor. It was designed out of Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, which talks about fathers and sons. And what's that, Malachi? I know the verse. Fathers turn the hearts, fathers turn sons. Yeah, that, that one right there. So, our prayer has always been that our ceiling will become our kids' floor. In everything, favor and anointing. We're looking at the things in the spirit, favor and anointing, as well as business or even finances. But you got to understand the kingdom measures things much different than how we measure it. What's wealth in our country and wealth in the kingdom are two different things. Oh, come on now. You can be rich but not be wealthy. We should talk about that too. All right, let's all stand. Father, I pray for every uh, family that's in this room today. Now, I haven't forgotten the single. One of these days will be families. But right now, I want to pray for moms and dads, grandmothers and grandfathers. I want to pray, God, for your divine favor and anointing to rest. Would you just take your hands and just receive this? Rest upon you in the name of Jesus. And I declare over you this relationship with your heavenly father is going to exponentially grow this next year. That your identity will be not be found in what you bring home, paycheck you have, the work you're re- you're connected to, the business you you own, it's going to be in the, who the father is as a son and a daughter. And from that relationship, living water is going to be coming out of you in the spirit that's going to bring refreshing and anointing power to your family in the name of Jesus. I pray for the ones who are tired today. They're in the battle. They're in the thick of the battle. And I just want to encourage you, do not give up. Do not feel condemned. I pray, Lord, that you would come with grace and love, and I pray for an abundance of hope to be poured into their heart, that it all counts. It all counts. Lord, that you are standing next to them. You're with them. You've been watching this for some, even for years, and that you're fully engaged and you're not disconnected. And so, Lord, bring, bring hope to the hopeless today. And for the larger part, as we end, the larger part, the spiritual family, thank you, Lord, that in this room we're all sons and daughters. 
really at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. At the foot of the cross, there's no race. There's no, any of the things that divide our country, that divide political parties, that divide everything that's like draped in humanity, a broken, a broken people. Lord, we stand together as sons and daughters. And so, Lord, fill us to the fullness of who you are, knowing what our identity is. That's everything. And we commit that we would strengthen each other's hands, that we'd be sources of encouragement, that we would bring life to each other, that out of this relationship with you, there's an overflow of kingdom reality. We just pray for the greater release of the fruit of the Spirit in every single person here. And there's not just the power of the Spirit, not just signs and wonders and miracles. I'm talking about love, peace, joy, gentleness, kindness. Like these things, Lord, that that really money can't buy. Release it into every heart. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Thank you again for listening. We hope that what was shared in this message leaves a lasting impact on your life and the lives around you. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe.